This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. With all kinds of breakthroughs, I'm very impressed. But as to the meaning and purpose we live, there's only one answer creation can listener welcome to reflections today's nugget is titled six more chances six more chances god is not just a god of second chances but also the god of six more chances the bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 16, that a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. If a godly man rises again after falling seven times, the mathematical implication is that when he first fell, he had six more chances left. Therefore, 
whenever you experience a major fall, personal, professional, or spiritual, don't despair or give up. Don't stay down. Keep getting up. You may be knocked down, but you are not knocked out. Through Christ's forgiving, transforming, and restorative grace, you have six more chances. Edward Henry Joy wrote, All your anxiety, all your care, bring to the mercy seat. Leave it there. Never a burden cannot bear, never a friend like Jesus. This is written by Dr. Samuel Crantin Pippim. And for more thoughts and nuggets by Dr. Pippim, please visit eaglesonline.org and click on weekly thoughts nuggets. I am Margaret Abebrese, your presenter. Thank you for listening. able he is able through prayer the impossibilities of man become the possibilities of god turn with me to matthew chapter 10 verse 27 matthew chapter 10 verse 27 i read what i tell you in the dark speak in the daylight what is whispered in your ear proclaim from the roofs remember god is indeed able Anything that is impossible for you is possible for him. And as he has told you, make sure you tell others. God richly bless you. I am Bell Dollar Bill. Another edition of Youth Corner. Hello and welcome. My name is Afre Niyama Keke, and we are continuing with our discussion on teenage pregnancy today. A very worrying figures issued by the World Health Organization indicating that about 16 million women between the ages of 15 to 19 years give birth each year, amounting to about 11% of all births worldwide. We are asking what is really wrong with teenage pregnancy. Early on, we answered the question of what really defines it, the causes. This time round, we will focus on other areas such as how we can view it as Christians as well within the biblical perspective, what is really wrong with it. I'm here with Lord Lugadwebu, Samoa Sabre Frempon and Ato Banfo Jr. Welcome once again, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ato, you were saying earlier on Pointing to the fact of death, yeah, as I was which, saying, fifty thousand yeah. people die out of the sixteen million 
people who get pregnant between the ages of 15 to 19. This is according to a World Health Organization report. And these 50,000 people who die out of teenage pregnancy, 95% of them are from developing countries. That is specifically Africa and then Latin America, that's South America. It also counts down, UNICEF reports for progress for children says that childbirth actually causes more deaths than malaria, which some of us until today thought that was the number one killer in Africa. So if childbirth could give us this high mortality rate, both for children and also for the mothers, then I think it's wrong. It's a big problem. Mm. In view of what Atu has said, do you mm. think perhaps as the world in general has mm. not really focused so much on it with the point he made about if it's even killing more people than malaria in Africa, for instance? Uh, think much attention has not been given to it? Sure, it has not been given to it. It has not been given to it because of a lot of activities that we engage in, both at home and at national levels. How many times have you heard presidents giving their manifesto and then talking about this thing that they will reduce it specifically? You know, one thing is we are so concerned about how fast the world is moving and how we can catch up that we, we tend to neglect these little things that eat our moral fiber. You see, in a home where you have a father and a mother, both workers, they hardly get the time to talk to their kids, to get to know what they are going through. Maybe your child goes to school. A boy touches a sensitive part of the body, and then the child comes home expecting to tell you, okay, and then you are not there at the time. Maybe the, the, the child may forget, or at the time that he or she speaks to it, you know, to you about it, you are so tired, that can wait. Let's say later we can talk about it and all those things. So we have neglected totally. You know, we don't see it as malaria, cholera, or whatever that has a way of being researched into where we can bring medicine, specifically, where money can be made out of it. We are following money. You see, so we, we tend to ignore. There's no medicine for it, actually. It is human attitude that has to change to help this. Let me come back to the same question I asked that when I'll come to you as well, someone with the same, if you have different views. What is really wrong with it? And especially, as usual, our focus is on the biblical details, Christianity. Why should we view it as unacceptable at all? And what justification could there be to it? Well, I will just quote First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, that which says that we should flee fornication. You realize that teenage pregnancy is as a result of premarital sex. That is fornication. And so the Bible does not support it in any way. It doesn't stand at all. If you really want to give birth, you know, if you really want to enjoy being a woman and being a man, as far as sexual activities are concerned, it should be out of marriage. And so if you do it before marriage, it's not right in the first place. Then you go ahead and then become pregnant. It goes against the Bible because Hebrews 13 verse 4 also says that let marriage be held in honor among all. So you've given A clear breach of that. Seriously. And then it goes on to say that God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So the Bible is in no way supported. Fornication sure. is to teenage pregnancy, exactly. Exactly. which is forbidden sure. by God. Sure. Um, Samuel, what's wrong with it? There is everything. Everything mm. is wrong with teenage pregnancy. Biblically, as my brother just gave us. Mm. See, the Bible has given us lots and lots of examples that even those who were married, fornicated, and there were consequences. But they went through a lot of problems. During the Exodus, that's when the Israelites were moving from Egypt to the Promised Land. Even during that time, they had to sacrifice. 
See, during the time that they were planning of cleansing themselves to sacrifice, something happened. Whilst people are praying, somebody takes somebody's wife into a tent <laughs> and makes love with a person. What happened? They were struck right away. Yeah. They caught them and instantly they did justice to them. Even in the human perspective, you realize that the humans, not even God giving the direct instruction, you realize their sin is wrong. And God has warned from beginning that fornication, no way in his church. In the same vein, a child is growing up. You've gone into your church system. You've been taught the right and you know the difference between what is right and what is wrong. You are not married. There is no way you should think of going to make love to get a child or It's totally wrong. So I don't want to be repeating the quotations my brother gave. Mm. But when you go to all that he read, realize that even those who are married, those who are married, God frowns on fornicating, going to another man's wife, mm. adultery, sexual immorality. In general, mm. it's wrong. So even to the extent that you are not even married, that you are going there, mm-hmm. that one is even over the bar. Atul, you have something to add just before we move to the other issue, that's the effects and all that. Okay, biblically, there's this quotation that says that for this cause, that's Mark chapter 10 verse 7, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. I'm very happy we have distinctions between the words a woman and a girl, and then a man and a boy. Actually, marriage... According to the Bible, it's not for boys and girls, or for boy and women, or for man and girl. It's actually for men and women. And you know what goes into manhood and what goes into womanhood? Full maturity. So God frowns on child's play that leads to some of these things. No matter who you are, if you actually get married to a child, I think it is wrong biblically. And in that regard as well, I'm sure by logical extension, having sexual relations between a girl and a boy, teenagers mm-hmm. resulting in pregnancy, mm-hmm. a man and a, a young lady, you know, resulting in that as sure. well. A point well made. We'll draw the curtain here once more and continue in our subsequent discussion by looking at other issues such as the effect, uh, prevention and all that. My name is Afreni Amakeke. I've been here with Lord Lugat Webu, Samoa Sabre Frempong and Ato Bonfo Jr. Any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana. Voice of hope. Voice of hope.
not for your brother, it's not kids at school, it's not for others to say, others to say, Truth. Your speaker is Ernest Ahen. Today I want us to look at something in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. The scripture reading is taken from Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. Let's hear the word of God. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servant what must soon take place. And he signifies it sending it through his angel to his servant John. We are living in a time of massive change. It seems almost impossible now, particularly for the younger generation. But 25 years ago, we had no personal computers, no cell phones, no VCRs or DVD player, no PDAs, no internet. These few items alone have changed our lives as much as all the inventions from the Tao of time until 1980. The era when the Bible author wrote the book of Revelation also witnessed a significant change in technology. The turn of the first Christian century consists of a single long sheet of paper made from animal skin or papyrus that would be rolled up on a stick while a codex involved glanning or stretching many pieces together at one end, much like the book you have in your hand this moment. Before John's time, scrolls were so heavy and awkward that nothing larger than one of the New Testament gospel could fit into a single one. The Coda style allowed books to be smaller in size and more manageable. It's also made it possible for them to be much larger in content, like increasing your hard drive space and food. While scrolls the size of Isaiah and the Psalms were unthinkable, it is impossible to include many Bible books in a single codex. So the Coda style rapidly replaced the scroll as the former of a choice. The major exceptions was Jewish synagogue, which still continued to use the scroll format for scripture. Writers often put books titled on the outside of a scroll, so that the reader could identify the content without opening them. But 
With the arrival of the codes, scribes frequently place the title of the work in the opening line. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is more than just the first line of the book. It is also the title. Right from the start, we learn that the Apocalypse is not the revelation of the Middle East. The Christian Church or the Islamic world, the title of the book is different as the book may be its primary purpose is to teach us about Jesus. If my interpretation of Revelation doesn't lead to a clearer picture of Christ, you can be pretty sure I haven't really understood the book. Our household and many others share a certain custom. When young people get angry, they tend to shout, Mom, what there to eat? But if mom is too busy to answer or has stepped aside, the next step is to head into the kitchen and see if something is cooking. If there is, then open the cover of the pot on the stove or open even doors to see what is inside. Cooking smalls can be a wonderful thing, but often they raise a good deal of curiosity. What is it that smells so good? What can we look forward to eating in a few minutes? The word for revelation is apocalypse, the Greek word for which the English word apocalypse comes. The word apocalypse consists of two Greek words, apo, from the calypto, to cover. So the word apocalypse means to take the cover off something. If this something were a port, removing the lid always allows you to see what is cooking. You are unveiling the port's content. In the book of Revelation, you are taking the cover off. Jesus learning something about him that would be hidden if you did not have access to the book of the Bible. In what sense does Jesus need uncovering in the book of Revelation? Think for a minute. What would be missing if it hadn't made into our Bible? When Jesus was on earth, he was a human being. He walked as any other person, talked in human language and dressed like the people around him. Jesus lived in a particular culture, time and place, as did others. He got tired, dirty, and sweaty. It would be easy to look at him and say, Well, he is a great teacher, a great man, and a great prophet. But surely, he is not the king of the universe. You see, would the king of the universe get sweaty and tired? If all we know about Jesus were what we have in the gospel, we wouldn't be missing a great deal. The book of Revelation takes the cover off Jesus of Nazareth. He shows us that he is no longer just a human being who came from Nazareth, but the one 
who sits on the throne in heaven and who had rulership over the entire universe. If we did not have the book of Revelation, we will not have a full picture of who Jesus is. It was the king of the universe who was willing to become a human being, willing to serve and bless, willing to subject himself to shame and abuse, willing to suffer and die for us. The greatness of Jesus makes him sacrifice all the more remarkable. The book of Revelation takes the cover of the greatness to everyone. Lord, give us a hunger to know Jesus as I have never known him before. May the images of his greatness in Revelation open our eyes to the privilege of relationship with him. Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region. Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>